Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're going to come out of the book of Ephesians today. In our first week, our challenge was to forgive, forgive, forgive. In our second week of the For Real This Time series, the challenge was to journal what the Holy Spirit lays on your heart. And now in our third week, the challenge is to pray for someone whom you've been called to share the gospel with, and then actually bring it up when the Spirit tells you to. All right, this could be the scariest of the challenges, but I've got good news. You're going to spend the rest of your life this way. All right, this is not, these challenges don't expire. It's not as though uh, you only had to forgive in week one, and in week two you had to learn to live by the Holy Spirit, and now is the evangelism week to the neglect of the prior two. I think that they all work cooperatively together. So, as we go into this final week of the For Real This Time series, and we get ready to go back into the book of Isaiah, okay, go to Amazon and find Holy Dis uh, Isaiah, Holy Dissident, a group study part two, if you want the hard copy book in your hand. Uh, as we go into this final week, however, I want you to know that you're not alone in this, that you are prayed for, and that I, as your pastor, am praying these biblical prayers over you. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 15. This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, remember our devotions at the end of last week, by the Spirit we can cry out, Abba, Father. He would go on to say the same thing in the book of Galatians, by the way. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what is the wealth of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength. All right, I am praying this over you as you pray specifically for somebody in your life who needs to hear the gospel, and then you bring it up. I want you to journal this experience as well. Okay, if you if you if you like the practice of journaling, then man, continue in it. So it opens up with uh, further words of of affection as as Paul is speaking to uh, to his beloved church in in Ephesus, all right, to the uh, to the faithful saints in Christ Jesus at Ephesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It begins with uh, it, it begins with a doxology. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. All right, so it, it opens up with a, a doxology and also speaks to uh, the elect nature of the church at Ephesus. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and glorious grace that he lavished on us in the beloved one. All right, here's the, the, the name redemption. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. I can't stop reading. I'm about to read, I'm about to preach the whole book of Ephesians, just trying to introduce this passage. All right. The 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 church of Ephesus is clearly 
foreknown and and predestined by God, and that's written in Ephesians 1. You you can see that the church at Ephesus has a special place in God's heart. Uh, They also get another letter, and it's in the, the book of Revelation. That's another sermon for another day, but for this, I want you to see what I'm praying over you. He, uh, he opens up about how he gives thanks for the church at Ephesus. He's heard about their faith in the Lord Jesus and their love for all the saints. All right, this is cool because this is consistent with what we've already built on our foundation about how you know you have the Holy Spirit of God. You have the love for others, all right? This is what 1 John taught, and that's from the Holy Spirit of God. That doesn't just come naturally to you. That comes from the Holy Spirit of God working within you, your faith in the Lord Jesus, all right? This, this measure of faith that God has, has given you, this comes from the Holy Spirit of God. What he prays for his church is that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, okay? Remember, we can call him Abba, we can call him Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So what does this mean? All right, the spirit of wisdom. By the Holy Spirit, you have more wisdom than your teachers. By the Holy Spirit, uh, the apostles, when on trial, were able to dumbfound the most learned councils who were accusing them. And it was very clear, even though they had no formal education, they dumbfounded the scholarly, uh, scholarly, you know, uh, officials in court who were taking the task for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. The, the Spirit of God gives you wisdom. You're able to understand things by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. It is a cult that says, you need me to explain all of this to you. All right? In our devotions and our Bible studies and all of this, I'm just preaching. I'm just teaching. I'm giving context and insight and application and illustration. All right? I'm preaching the Word of God to you. That's what my spiritual gift is, and that's the role that I serve at the Redemption Church. But by the Holy Spirit of God, you do have wisdom. All right? Now, by that same Spirit, you have a gift that interlocks with the other gifts at the church. So if you're not using that spiritual gift, see our teachings uh, on 1 Corinthians 11, 12, and 13 in the Into the Fray series, then by the way, you can't just practice church by yourself. All right? Uh, That's like sitting in the middle of the woods like an eyeball on the grass. What good is it? All right? You have a spiritual gift, and it's a part of a body. So by that spirit, you do have wisdom. You are able to understand things that other people cannot understand. The Christian worldview is, it, man, to me, I convey it to, uh, man, it's like, it's like being in an epistemological hot tub because it's just nice to know where everything came from, where everything's going, what's right and what's wrong, where dirt came from, where life came from, what happens uh, when we die. Like all of it is so nice. You have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, this does not mean that you have the ability to add on to the Bible, right? Peter would go on to describe what that process of divine revelation was like. Rather, God has revealed, that's what the word revelation means, is revealed. Uh, you know, in, in fact, you know, uh, Apocalypso, Yesu, uh, right? This, this, is what, this is what revelation is titled, is the revelation of Jesus Christ, the revealing of Jesus Christ. It is revealed, right? You have the spirit of wisdom, from the, as a ministry of the Holy Spirit to you, and it's been revealed to you in the knowledge of Him. It's this interpretive key by which you can understand Scripture. Those who do not have ears to hear cannot hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches in Revelation. That includes 
the, the church at Ephesus. They are the original recipients of one of the letters at the beginning. But by the Holy Spirit, we have revelation. By the Holy Spirit of God, we can understand Scripture. By the Spirit of God, we have this perfect epistemology, revelational epistemology, meaning we haven't found ourselves brought into existence in a universe with no explanation as to how God has revealed himself. He has provided it, and you and I are going together through the Word of God. We're going to pick up in the book of Isaiah next week. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, all right, imha cardion, right at the very core of your being, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. This is great. This is great, all right? Uh, by the hope of our calling in Christ Jesus, we know that we are co-heirs with Christ. We talked about this in last week's devotions, that, man, we get heaven when we die. There's hope in that calling. There's also hope that gets us through suffering, all right? In Romans 8, as we, as we will continue through the book of, of Romans one day, and if you need more Romans right now, go look at our series, How Christians Are Made, in our YouTube channel. Uh, but we also have hope in the midst of suffering. We know what our sufferings are producing within us. What is the wealth of His glorious inheritance in the saints? I highly recommend Randy Alcorn's book, Heaven. He's staunchly biblical as he answers them some of the biggest questions about like what heaven is like. So we're going to have your mind blown and you want to be filled with hope and you want to help grieve the death of someone whom you believe is in Christ, go read that book. This is an incredibly glorious inheritance in the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power? Let's stop right there. Immeasurable greatness of his power. If you grasp just this piece of it, it will challenge the scope of what you've prayed for. All right, I know that when my son was in the hospital, it stretched the scope of what I would pray for. All right, I was a I was a good little Baptist, and you know I was I was always strictly biblical, and I never wanted to put God on the spot by asking Him to do something impossible. And if I'm honest, part of that was because I didn't know if my faith could handle that shaking where I ask God for a miracle that God doesn't give. I guess that was a little bit selfish in that regard. All right, that that meant that my faith was contingent upon God doing what I wanted Him to do. That was a pretty diminished view of God on my part. Juxtapose that with this, the biblical framework immeasurable greatness of his power. The greatness is beyond measure. The capacity of God is limitless. But the power of God is exercised through the character of God. Now, that's heavily theological. We'll unpack, unpack that more, but it means that God is not a lighthouse with no lens or mirror shining in multiple directions simultaneously as though his power, his omnipotence is directed in one direction and simultaneously in a polar opposite and conflicting direction. Rather, the character of God focuses that, that power toward what we define as goodness itself. But get, get this, that immeasurable greatness of his power is toward us who believe. According to the mighty working of whose strength? His. This is an overwhelming verse, but Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus that their eyes of their hearts would be enlightened so that they could know this immeasurable greatness of the power of God toward them 
who believe that is according to the mighty working of his strength. It's not your strength. You and I don't take credit for what God does. It's not, it is not, it is not, okay? It is not that you have immeasurable greatness and power. That is satanic to try to liken yourself to the most high, to covet his position, to be proud of yourself, to envy it and aspire unto it. That was literally what caused Satan to fall. So do not mistake this verse. Rather, it is all according to the mighty working of his strength. But what Paul prayed for Ephesus, I'm praying for you this week as you share your faith. Does this put that awkward moment by the water cooler into perspective? that you have something working on your behalf, and it's not your strength, it is nothing short of the immeasurable greatness of the power of God. So let me pray for you now. God, I lift up the people of the Redemption Church and everybody who uses this curriculum that they would know, God, the immeasurable greatness of the power that is at work as they step into your will, as they share the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you, Redemption Church. I'll love you forever, and I will see you tomorrow for more prayer straight out of the book of Ephesians.